Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Peter Waltz. Over the past weeks, like many other podcasts, we've been focusing on the biggest issue affecting businesses and organizations globally, the spread of COVID-19. But in addition to touching on important stories and events that are happening all around the world, we're also fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers who are practicing on the ground in these jurisdictions and working daily to help local employers through these difficult times. In today's program, we're focused on U.S. businesses, and our guest is going to give us some really timely and important information about how these recent government loan and financial relief programs under the CARES Act are offered to employers and how they get access to them, and with the overall goal of keeping our people at work. Joining us today on the program is Jason Zimmerman, a shareholder at Gray Robinson, the ELA member firm in Northern Florida. Jason, how are you today? Fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. So listen, can you help us just kind of clear up some of the confusion here? There's a lot of acronyms out there. There's PPP, there's EIDL, there's CARES. Can you just in a nutshell describe the programs that we have in place and how we apply for them? Absolutely. So the the first one that you're hearing that's most timely now is the PPP. That is the Paycheck Protection Program. It was established under the CARES Act, which is the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, which was passed by Congress on March 27th and signed into law by President Trump. Um, The PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, is a potentially fully forgivable loan that any small business can apply for that will pay you two and a half times your average monthly payroll cost from the preceding 12 months or $10 million, whichever is less. Um, the purpose of this PPP is for companies, small businesses to have a pot of money that they can use to pay payroll for a eight-week period and have a little bit of money left over to pay for rent, utilities, and some other certain expenses. And if they use it for those purposes, to have the government fully forgiven. So if you take the loan from your local bank, you use it for payroll for eight weeks, the government will give the money back to the bank and you owe nothing. Wow. So the PPP... Yeah. So the PPP is a great for payroll. The other major loan program for small businesses that came out of the CARES Act is the EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. Slightly different than the PPP because there is no loan forgiveness, but there's still very favorable terms for small businesses. The EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, is done through the SBA, Small Business Administration. You have a chance that once you apply to get a $10,000 advance even if you don't get the loan and that loan is more predicated on loss of revenue supply chain interruptions to help for things outside of ppp great so we're really the the loan the ppp in specific is to keep people at work right absolutely and that and that's you know you get full loan forgiveness if you do that and the amount of money that you get is completely tied to your payroll so the purpose of the ppp is to keep people in their jobs so when this economy turns on the workers are already there ready to step forward so let's say i'm a small business i'm trying to do figure this out how do i go about calculating my average monthly payroll do i use my current payroll do i use last year's payroll you use whatever is most convenient for you so the cares act the actual statute that created and the initial regulations that came up said you use the preceding 12 months 
Well, when the banks started opening the program, they realized that that's a little bit confusing because we're a quarter of the way through 2020. Not everyone has their payroll done for January, February, March of 2020. So the Treasury Department and the Small Business Administration issued new regulations earlier this week. In those regulations, they said, whatever's most convenient for the small business, you can either use the preceding 12 months, so March 2020 backwards to April 2019, or you can use your entire 2019. So you do January 1, 2019 through December 31, 2019. What we are telling people is to do the math. Whatever your current situation most resembles, either the preceding 12 months or fiscal year 2019, are the numbers you should use. But you have to use an average over 12 months. You can't use like the first three months of 2020. Absolutely. You have to use an average unless your business just started in the first couple months of 2020, and then you can use that time period. But the way the calculation works is you look at the average annual monthly payroll over a 12-month period, either fiscal year 2019 or the preceding 12 months, then you get that number, you times it by 2.5, and that is the maximum loan amount you can get. So let's say I'm an employer and I use uh, independent contractors. Can I include my independent contractors in that calculation? You hit on another topic that the SBA just recently clarified. So uh, initially, people had questions regarding whether or not you can calculate what you paid independent contractors as part of your PPP maximum loan amount. The SBA gave guidance on that this week, which states you do not calculate what you have paid to independent contractors as part of your payroll costs. You do not do it for the simple reason that independent contractors can apply themselves for a PPP loan. So the, the SBA and the CARES Act realize that you don't want to double dip. So for businesses submitting for their loan, they do not include payments to independent contractors. The independent contractors themselves, their application actually is open today, Friday, um, and they can actually submit for themselves. Interesting. So what about waivers and affiliate waivers? Do those apply? And if they do, how do we manage those? And do we apply to enterprise-level loans as well? So the CARES Act specifically said in certain industries and certain standards, we're going to waive the affiliate rules under the SBA program. So currently, before the CARES Act, the SBA said, you're not a small business if you have some affiliation. If, if your company is owned by another company, uh, that has more than 500 employees, you don't get the credit of being considered a small business. Or if you're in certain industries, like the restaurant industry, you don't get the credit for being a small business because you're affiliated with other companies that are maybe set up with their own EIN numbers. But with the CARES Act, they didn't want they, they want to make this process easy. They want this money to go to help the employees in these situations. So they waived affiliation rules for certain industries. First, if you're in the restaurant or lodging industry, so if you represent franchises of you know, fast food industries, your hotels, the affiliation rules do not apply to you. Likewise, if you're a franchise that has a franchise identifier number through the SBA, and most industries do, car dealerships, uh, mechanics, Jiffy Lubes, for instance, we just finalized them getting a franchise identifier with the SBA. The affiliation rules do not apply to you as well. So you get to have exemptions from the pretty draconian affiliation rules that the SBA had in place because Congress, when enacting this legislation, didn't want to penalize employees. They wanted this money to get to small businesses, whatever forms they were in, so that they could keep people in their jobs. But the affiliation waivers don't apply to enterprise level. Loan. So if you are one company 
and you have 15 companies set up and they're franchises, you can apply for a PPP loan for each of those entities. And even though combined, that might be more than $10 million, each of the applications are standalone. So the affiliation rules do not apply to the maximum loan amount. Wow. Well, let's talk about the taxes, federal withholding, FICA, income tax. How does an employer capture or, or remove those from the calculation? Well, you don't remove them anymore. So the CARES Act said for a certain period of time, you do not include FICA and the employer-employee side shares of either income tax or certain other employer payroll taxes. With guidance we got this week and for some you know, great comments by some senators who helped write the bill, the purpose of the PPP was to include gross payroll for the preceding 12 months. So when you do your payroll calculation, you do not net it out. You do not subtract what was paid in, for FICA. You do not subtract what was withheld for your federal income tax. If you made $50,000 as your salary in 2019, that is the number you use for the maximum payroll calculation. Where the FICA and withholdings for federal income tax come into play would be on the employer side of the ledger on the forgiveness side. So when you start paying for payroll during this covered period, paying your employees, you still should withhold for FICA. You still should withhold for federal income tax, but it will not impact your forgiveness. Understood. So how do we calculate the forgiveness component? I mean, is there a formula they've come up with or what do we do? Yeah. And the formula was once again, you know, further defined this week and we anticipate getting more regulations on it uh, in the next coming weeks. But the first number that you look at is your maximum loan amount. Let's just say, for argument's sake, your maximum loan was $500,000. You have to spend at least 75% of that on, quote, payroll costs in order for that $500,000 to be partially or in full forgiven. So out of $500,000, you need to spend 350000 of that in payroll costs or 375000 in payroll costs. Understood. You can spend up to 25% on rent, utilities, interests, on mortgage obligations, or any other debt servicing that you have. But as long as you spend at least 75% on payroll costs, you have the chance to have the entire loan forgiven. Then after you figure out what's eligible for forgiveness, you have to look at two different numbers, employee headcount and the wages that you've given to those employees. You have to look at how many employees did you retain during this covered period versus a set period of time, either in 2019 or the first two months of 2020. So let's say that you have 100 employees right now. You haven't laid off anyone during this crisis and you don't want to lay off anyone. You retain all 100 of those employees and use this PPP money to pay them. You also had 100 employees during the same period in 2019, February 15, 2019 through June 30th, 2019. You look at that formula. You had 100 now and you had 100 then, that's 100 divided by 100, which equals one. That means your full loan would be forgiven. Wow, that's fantastic. So let's talk about the employees that we retain. Do we need to retain the same employees? Or let's say we're having transition. Can I hire different employees and still get the forgiveness? You can hire different employees. So one of the concerns that we had is, you know, some companies have already laid off employees. Um, the PPP allows you to rehire them before June 30th, 2020, and still be afforded this forgiveness. But we know in this economy with the influx of jobs, you fire an employee, that employee is going to go get another job. So what this bill does and the PPP itself does, it says you don't need to hire the same employees. You need to hire the full-time equivalent. 
So if you have one employee working 30 hours a week, you just need to have one employee working 30 hours a week. It does not need to be the same employee. Okay. So if I've already terminated or furloughed employees already, um, is there anything I can do with that? Yeah. So the CARES Act has a safe harbor provision. So if you've already terminated employees or furloughed them between February 15, 2020 and April 27, 2020, you have the opportunity to bring them back by June 30th, 2020 and be afforded the same opportunities to do the calculation for full loan forgiveness. So let's just say you had 100 employees on February 20th, 2020. You decided that you're going to furlough them for the time being. So you're now down to 50. As long as you rehire those 50 by June 30th, 2020, you can still be afforded maximum loan forgiveness. That's fantastic. Uh, now, in some cases, I know employers are using a staffing or a, a PEO or a leasing company. Do they still qualify for PPP if they're using that, that type of a venue to uh, hire their employees? They are. So there, there was a lot of concern that some employers who don't do their own payroll, don't do their own W-2s, they weren't going to be eligible because their employees were held by this PEO. The SBA recognized that these eligible borrowers should be included in the PPP. So in these specific cases, um, as long as you have the right payroll documentation provided by the PEO, as long as you've done the right information with the state, collect your Form 941s from the PEOs, you would be qualified as the actual company to get the PPP loan. So yes, if you use a PEO or a staffing agency, as long as that PEO and staffing agency has filed the right documentation with the state and the federal government, you would be entitled to apply to the PPP. Fantastic. Well, Jason, listen, you gave us some quick information on a very hot topic, and I'm sure our listening audience is excited about getting that information. And again, there's so much information out there to have this kind of opportunity to get clarity from an expert like yourself. We really appreciate it. So thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. I appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with Jason Zimmerman from Gray Robinson in Florida or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. You just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page, click on the drop-down box, choose the jurisdiction, you'll find your lawyer there. You can also sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to our on-demand content, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employers Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest and most prestigious network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.